enjoy the worship service, morning and night. It's fantastic. And uh, I won't take that for granted because for many years we didn't have any, uh, any instruments or anything. We didn't play with anything. And um, our, our church has a rich history. It's rich. And I know that to say that some people may question exactly what I mean by rich because we're in a small middle building and there's just not very many of us. And um, I was, uh, no, I've been here since we, I was actually a part of the, a part of the group as a teenager. I think I was maybe 19 or 20, and we was putting in these insulation panels for these walls. These are freezer panel walls, by the way. Yeah. You didn't know that, what was behind that sheet rock. And I remember I was really on the ground floor because this was, uh, what was this, Pastor? Was this an electrical? B&B plumbing. B &B plumbing. Yeah, it was just completely open. One little, that little place right back there was just one small office, and the rest of this was just open. And I remember when we installed the carpet, and we put the stuff in, and we got ready. I remember the first service. I remember all of those things. And, and I remember uh, one of the unique traits about this church was always the purple carpet. Yeah. It, was, it, it, cool. it was, you know, it's not something you see all of the time. And... I come here up front, and I, I looked, and I noticed, and you, if you look at the right angles, you'll notice that the carpet is faded in different areas where there have been a lot of feet. There have been a lot of people in those areas. There's been the, the carpet is padded down here. The carpet is padded down there. That's rich history. There's been people there. The pews that you're sitting in come from a church with rich history. Amen. A history of salvations, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Many, uh, many, uh, a, a wedding yes. in that church. And there's just something about uh, where we've been that's special. It, where we're going, it's fantastic. We're yeah. going to get there someday. But the history of, our, of Rock Harbor Church, and, and you know, things haven't always gone the way that we planned them. Although we wanted them to be. Uh -huh. But I, I, I hold on to the history and the lives that have been changed in this little bitty church and that continue to be changed in this little bitty church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always hold dear uh, the, the times, the, the, the great times that we've had, the great services, the great uh, times of prayer. Sure, we could, we could hone in on a lot of things that our, our church has been through throughout the years that have struggled with. We could, we could talk about the people that have come and gone. We could talk about the people that have, that were lived and they passed on. Uh, we could talk about all those things, but that's also a part of the rich history of Rock Harbor Church in that you're a part of that history by sitting here tonight. Amen. You're part of that. And, I, and, and I'm not, it's not a cliche at all. Uh, one of these days, you and I will be just history of this place. Just being history of what God was doing and as it kept moving forward, we were a part of that. I'm glad to be here tonight. Amen. I took the long road to tell you that. <laughs> so I want to talk to you tonight about something uh, called the skill of living. The skill of living. We have a lot of intangibles on our plates today. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot, of, a lot of things. And I'm not going to necessarily name any of those just yet. 
But there's a lot of things, probably more so than there's ever been in history, for you as an individual to have to process and to figure out. Now, we talk a lot in here, and we emphasize making sure that you're putting God first. You better be putting God first. He better be the first thing in your life. He better be number one. You better be seeking his guidance in every aspect of your life. And asking God to show you how to do things in your life. Because I've gotten, as, as we go further down this road, I get more question marks than answers. I ask a lot of questions. I hope you are too. And I hope your questions are derived to, to bring you closer to God and to get the answers that you need to live skillfully with the things that have been presented to us. I've, I, I hear, you hear all kinds of stuff. You hear, you hear about, um, I guess you could say you hear wars and rumors of wars. I think that's I true, and I think that's accurate. Yeah. You hear wars and rumors of wars. And I ask myself, what do I do with them? You hear, you hear over this corner, over here, you hear about um, there's a strain on the American dollar and their, their finances are, are um, questionable. You wonder, what do, what do I do with that, Lord? You hear over in this corner something about food and, and there might be a food shortage. What do I do with that, Lord? Gas prices could go as high as $5 a gallon. What do I do with that, Lord? Anybody with me so far? Amen. A whole lot more. The skill of living. And there is. There's a skill to it. And God's been, rest assured, you are not, you are not the only generation that he has shown and revealed things to on how to get through difficult times. Rest assured. The thing is, is that you and I should want to know what he knows about what we're going through. There have been civilizations struggle in the past. There have been civilizations find themselves in tough situations before. The church has been in tough situations before. Right. And so that leads me to something. It leads you to something. Is that what is this skill of living? And how do I do it? It's one word, and it's called wisdom. It's wisdom. Wisdom is the skill of living. How to use it, how to operate in it, and if it's used correctly, it can divert you. It can divert you from calamity. It can keep you out of tough situations. Now we can use, we can apply wisdom across the board, but what I want to do tonight is I want to hone in on one chapter. It's very basic. Well, we're going to look at the stage and how it was set by Solomon for his people to pick these things up and to understand and to learn. So I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 1 tonight, and well, let's look at the skill of living. say this and we'll get started considering Christ walked the earth roughly 2,000 years ago there have been quite a few generations before this one mm -hmm. there have been quite a few people go through various things throughout the history of uh, time from Christ 
and before that, of course, there was plenty of time before that. I'm just going to go ahead and use that as a, as a good measuring tool. And throughout time, throughout, our, throughout history, God has maintained the church. He's kept it. He's preserved it. And it's still here today. After 2,000 years, it couldn't be wiped out. It's still alive. Amen. I'd say that's a pretty good track record. Amen. Come on. He's got a great track record of leading his people where they need to go. And any time that we're in a situation where we feel like we're in a lack of, wisdom should be the thing that we look for and are asking for the most. God, give me wisdom for the situation that I am in. See, the opposite of that would be compulsion. And we see a lot of people today operating in compulsion. They operate based on how they feel. They operate on what makes them feel good. And I tell you, church, that I say that, and that's maybe something you've heard here before, I say it because we are so prone to follow what pleases us and follow what feels good that you should call into question your decisions to make sure that you're not just pleasing your flesh. We're prone to it. But see, there might have been a time that we could have cheated and I'm saying that very respectfully. There might have been a time you could have got away with it. But we are noticing, and, and I'm going to say this very carefully, we are drawing to the conclusion of what we used to know as normal. We've drawn to the conclusion. It's come to an end. It is not the way that it used to be. Would you agree with that? Because of that, wisdom should be of the highest priority. Highest. They're used. I've I've done a bit of homework on looking at the way that people have handled certain things throughout the years, um, uh, investments and brokerage and and all these type of things that used to be a predictable process. These people are in in upside down now, trying to figure out what is going to happen because they said we really don't have anything to go by. Because we haven't quite seen anything like this before. You think, ooh. See, by saying that, that strikes fear in people. No need to be fearful. We just know to, need to go to the one who has directed people through it before. Instead of panicking and becoming emotional, we need to go to the one and say, I need your wisdom, Lord. I need your wisdom. It's It's... Sometimes it's a, uh, it's a, it's a bit of a, uh, how do I, I don't want to say this the right way. Sometimes we just kind of, we go through it with emotions and we just kind of go through it and we come into church and we listen to the message and we, we're like, okay, that was a good message. And we, we go out and we, we go back into the, into the world again, dealing with all the same stuff, um, overwhelmed by the same emotions, all of these decisions that we seem to have to make and they seem to keep piling up. And we go to the Lord in prayer, and our prayers are strained and labored. And a lot I've noticed, and maybe this isn't you, but I know that I've noticed this in myself. And I'm going to I'm going to say this to you very candidly, that I've noticed that when my prayers get labored, I start repeating, "Lord, just help me. Lord, just help me." I'm I've lost direction, and I'm like, "Just just help me." And that's great. 
You, you need to ask the Lord for help. But you also need to be seeking his wisdom. Now, Lord, show me what I need to do. What is the next step that I need? I need your wisdom. I need your, I need your thinking on this. My thinking is inferior. I do not have the ability to navigate through this mess and to come out good on the other side. We all, everyone, everyone in here, to some extent, has been battling some sort of fears. Everybody's fears are various, especially with the climate of the situation that we're in. Some of it is, is uh, authentic and real. Some of it is, is uh, when I say that, I mean, yes, there are things to definitely take knowledge of and to understand that these are real situations. We are real people, and our world is changing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's going on right in front of our eyes. Mm -hmm. But as I take the next step, I don't want to keep taking steps of fear. We can't, I can't do that forever. You can't do that forever. We can't keep taking steps where we're fearful about what's going to happen the next day. At some point, the wisdom has got to take over. And Lord, lead me in wisdom. Take me from here to there. Let me get there safely. Show me the path. I want to walk the straight and narrow Light my way. Show me how to get there. There's a lot of people that are dealing with a lot of, a lot of feelings of, of um, anticipation of, of what's going to happen next, what is going to take place. When we operate in the wisdom of the Lord, that's direction. I trust when God gives me a plan and he puts it in front of me, I know I'm going to get there because I didn't come up with a plan. He did. That's him. That's his wisdom. He says, this is the way this needs to be done. This is how you do this. So I want to get into this, and I'm going to, I'm going to key in on a couple points. I want to show you something. Chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, and to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, inequity. To give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. He's saying all ages across the board benefit from wisdom and the use of it. Everybody can use more wisdom. Everyone. Amen. What I have found is, is that it's getting... It's getting more and more difficult. You have to purpose, purposefully and deliberately go after it. Let me say that again. You have to purposefully and deliberately go after wisdom. There's so much stuff pumping through our phones, so much information that is being pumped to you. The majority of it is not what you need to be listening to. I'm saying that because what it does is it ends up in turn corrupting the truth that you actually have within you. And what I mean by that is, is, yes, can it corrupt your salvation? I think ultimately, yes, it can erode it. Absolutely. But what I mean is, at the same time, we'll get a bit of actual wisdom, and then we'll listen to five or six other people's opinion, and their opinion will erode our wisdom. Godly wisdom is directly from him. I don't need a YouTuber to give me wisdom. Do I listen to people that I feel have more knowledge than me? Yes, I do. But I don't need that, ultimately. I need his way. Father, what way is that? Show me how to manage this. Show me how to do this. 
the skill of living. The skill of living. Okay. Let's cross the board. It's for everybody. And he said in verse 6, he says, To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord. Listen to this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. He lays a base foundation right here in chapter 1, verse 7. He says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And in a world where we all want to seem to know more than we did the day before, and everyone's in a struggle of who knows the most, who's going to have the right information. <laughs> I told you this in Sunday school one time, it, and it's, it, it was funny to me at first, but then it got sad. And I mean that in a very literal way. It got really sad. I seen one guy say this, and then this other YouTuber said this, and then this other YouTuber come out and said, you know what, you two ought to debate each other. And then they started debating, and then they didn't like each other anymore. And there's this constant battle going on with knowledge. Constantly. And, and even, I'm sad to say, even in the church realm. I'm thinking, you guys are wasting all of your time and energy worried about whose theology is the most accurate. My goodness, is theology important? Yes, it is, Absolutely. But I'm not going to waste my time arguing with you over who's more right. It, it just gets out of hand. And then I find myself, I'm thinking, man, I'm sitting here, and the Holy Spirit begins to convict me. I'm here, and who am I? I'm over here, and I'm entertained by it. <laughs> Listen to these guys. Go at it. This is great. And he's like, that shouldn't be entertainment to you. I put my phone down. You're right. I'm sorry. It was not wise for me to listen to that. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't wisdom. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't healthy. You see, the knowledge is, when it says here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, it's giving you a very baseline thing to operate from. Now think about this. A very baseline beginning. A baby has to have milk in the beginning. At the very foundation, in order for this child to grow, it needs the proper amount of nutrition, and it needs to start with that milk that comes from the mother. Very nutritious. And so the Bible says here, it says that this fear of the Lord, which is reverence for him, honor to him, respect for him, is the beginning of everything that you'll ever want to know. It's the beginning. And so what does that tell me? That tells me this. That tells me that if I get off on the wrong foot, that I might be getting on shaky ground. It's proven, scientifically proven, that if a child is not connected with that mother in the first moments, if that child doesn't get that first nutrition from that mother, there's, there's a disconnect there. That child has to have those things in succession. In that right time frame, there's gotta be, there's a window and it's small. And so when I look at this, I see us as, as children of God, wandering, aimlessly, looking for more knowledge, I call you back to the very foundational thing at the very beginning. Forget everything else for the time being. Just forget it. Forget about if there's going to be another war. Forget about if we're going to World War III. Forget about who's, who's giving you the most information about this or the most information about that. Forget all of that. Because if you don't fear and honor the Lord, you don't really know anything anyway. You didn't get it. You got off on the wrong foot. And I would say that if we don't have a proper reverence for the Lord, and this is something 
that I've spoke with pastor about, something that we've noticed that has changed over the years. Uh, I talk about our church's rich history. I've been in church, uh, I was saved when I was 16, and church of God down here, and I've seen a lot of things change since then. One of the things that I've seen change is the way that people reverence the Lord. It's not the same anymore. I remember, I remember being in services that a message would be given out in tongues. Anyone familiar with what that's like? That's a pretty awesome experience, if, as long as it's authentic. And is in that in that in that time when that's taking place, everybody would get quiet. It was like shh 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 shh. Why? Why do we have to be quiet? That's reverence. That's the fear of the Lord. It's like, whoa, whoa, we got to hear what the Lord says. We got to hear what the Lord is saying. Because there's this thing about reverencing him and reverencing the word and reverencing what he has to say and making sure that's first and foremost that demands a response from you and I. That's fear. It's like, no, I want to hear what God has to say. I want to hear what the Lord has to say. People would not stir up a commotion in those services. They, it wouldn't happen. Everybody was like, shh, be quiet. Because the Lord was speaking. He was speaking out. And when we talk about the fear of the Lord and where that begins, look at the world around you. Isn't it interesting that people are reaching for all kinds of information, but they never actually find the answer that they're looking for? And it, that's interesting to me because if you look back at this scripture, when you take the Lord out of it and you just chase knowledge without making sure that you reverence and fear him properly, you never come to a conclusion. There is no conclusion because he's the giver of all of those things. And so that keeps me on my toes spiritually, knowing that that there is a knowledge to be had, a wisdom to be had, but it only comes from him. It doesn't come from man. Yes, yes, once again, we can still receive good, good things from people, and I'll explain that here in a minute, but it's got to come from him. All right, so, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, and also notice, too, that it, it breaks these down. And throughout the Bible, you notice a trend. It divides it into two categories, the wise and the foolish. Have you noticed that? And the explanations of, and as, as you go through God's word, you'll notice the explanations of people, and it would refer to them as a wise individual or a foolish individual. Someone who followed the Lord's instruction or somebody who didn't follow the Lord's instruction. Okay, let's keep going. It says, my son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. This is actually better understood as we go through this that's verses 8 and 9 but if you look at and I will read 10 and 11 12 13 and 14 here in just a minute but you notice that he sets the stage because he's about to talk about a whole lot of trouble that you can get yourself into but he says something to set the stage before they get into talking about all the trouble that you can get into he says my son hear the instruction of your father you could say daughter there and do not forsake the law of your mother instructions and laws for mother and father. Now we know that scripture, right? We know, right? We got, you're talking about uh, listen to good old mom and dad. Right. Absolutely. And I'm not taking this out of context. But see, as we grow, as we get older, 
I noticed something. Even in the workforce, I noticed this. Everybody always reports to somebody. Everybody always takes counsel from someone. Always, no matter what age you are. You're always taking counsel from somebody. It's just set up that way. So it's like you're always, you're, you're, God will put somebody in your life. And I'm, I'm also going to use the mother and father here for the children that this is God's plan for family. It's God's plan that, that mothers and fathers teach their children the correct way. They teach them the godly way, and then the children listen to that. Now, as you grow, God will put people in your life and put people around you and speak to you through that individual. It's like, look, now this is kind of like the, the thing that is the most popular in our culture today. And I'll use this quote, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Ain't nobody going to tell me to do nothing. I'll do whatever I want to do. Anyone familiar with that quote? Maybe you've never said it, but you had it in your head. And you said it to yourself. That's the attitude of our culture today. Now, I'm, I want to say that because it's very possible that God has put somebody in your life, possibly pastor, possibly somebody that's older and wiser than you, that's been in church or been in the spirit realm for a long time, and he's using that individual to speak to you. But because of our rebellion, because of our lack of wisdom, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to listen to them. Just like a child many times treats their parent. I don't want to be told what to do. You have to have instruction coming from somewhere. And if you don't get instruction coming into your life, you will be left on your own. And I promise you, you don't want that. I heard somebody say, and I, it was a, it's a businessman, and I, I, I had to smile and think, you know what? That's true. He had this quote, and he said, "Whether you like it or not, you like to be told what to do." I was like, "Oh, mm. I, I thought it." And when he said, it, "I was like, no, no, I don't think so." That just that over that rebellion come out and said, "No, I don't like. No, I, I don't do that." And he's, yep, because everybody needs direction. You need it. You gotta have it. And so it's so interesting that God will put people in our lives to help us. It's like, would you listen? And I and I'm gonna put it on a real baseline level. What about church Sunday morning? What about coming into the service and just hearing Pastor preach the message? Are we actually getting it? Are we listening to it? Are we taking it in and saying, Yeah, I need to live by that? Not just saying, Yeah, that's a great message. I can assure you, Pastor will tell you right now. He don't just want you to tell him it's a good message. He actually wants you to go live it. Amen. There's a massive difference. Wisdom says, I'm going to live it out. That's what wisdom says. Foolish says, yeah, it was good. I'll be back next week. Go out the door. Unchanged. Wise and foolish. Wise and foolish. Okay. So he sets the stage here, and he's, he tells them about, uh, he's talking about the instructions you receive from the father and the mother. Uh, and he says that there'll be a, a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, direct quote, he's, he's addressing him. If sinners entice you, do not consent. Now remember, we just come out of, why did he, he, he talk about the mother and father? Because this sets the stage for the temptation. You should already have the knowledge. You, why? Because of the people who've instructed you in your life. Now you know how to navigate. 
You know how to navigate through that mess because you listen to what mom and dad had to say. You listen to the person who God put in your life. You listen to what they had to say. They said some really key things to put you on the right path and to avoid calamity. Because assuredly, something's going to happen at some point in time, and you're going to need some wisdom. Yeah. What are you going to draw on? Where's it going to come from? Well, I'll pray. I'll pray, and God will tell me. He probably told you way before then. Way before then. But the arrogant us will hold out. Come on now. Where's my procrastinators at? <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold out till the last minute when everything starts to break. Okay, I think I need some wisdom. You, you, you don't say. Yes, we got to have wisdom to endure the things that come into our lives. So my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us and let us lie in wait to shed blood, let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause, let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit, we shall find all kinds of precious possessions we shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us and let us all have one purse. You, you know the narrative here for Solomon in these writings was for his people to pick these things. Do you remember the circumstance with him? God came to him in a dream and he said, choose anything you want. He said, I got to have wisdom to run your people. I got to have it. And so, as he gained this wisdom, he put these things down. And so, what you are reading is a direct understanding from the throne room down to you on how to live skillfully. Skillful living. How to, how to do it the right way. Because there's this... Wisdom is a, wisdom is a tool... How many of you have worked on something in your house? And yeah, I don't care who you are, man, woman, don't make a difference. You've been looking for, you got to work on something. You got to work on the car. You got to work on, you got to get the curtains up. You got to figure something out. And you ain't got the right tools. It's like, I've got everything I need but the screwdriver. Where is the screwdriver? And of course, we blame the kids. Somebody took off my screwdriver. Truth it is, we don't, we're not really good at keeping up with our stuff. But see, it comes, it, it comes back to this point that wisdom is a tool. It's a tool that you use. You work it. God gives it to you. And as we are going through what we are going through right now, and Pastor mentioned it this morning. He was talking about, yeah, you know, things coming down the pipe we really don't know. Am I prepared for the end? Yes, but I'm also preparing to stay. Don't take that the wrong way. Please. I'm asking God for his wisdom to live skillfully through the times that are ahead. Show me how to live skillfully. Show me how to use wisdom in this. Show me how to get prepared for this thing spiritually and physically long before it ever shows up on my doorstep. I don't like having to live in a way where I'm waiting to be, so, and I'll use this loosely, waiting to be hit with a baseball bat. Like I'm cowering down, I'm waiting for to get hit. I'm just waiting. When's it coming? You with me? Lord, give me wisdom. Show me how to live properly through the times that, and skillfully through the times that we're living in. 
And so all these people, they were gathered together and they were saying, hey, you throw in your lot with us. You cast in, you come with us. But because of the training and because of the teaching that this individual had received, he knew better, right? Because he had listened to the people that were around him. He listened. You've been listening in church? Come on. <laughs> You've been listening. Verse 15, my son, do not walk in the path with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil. I believe evil was mentioned this morning. And they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They look secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. Whoa, wait a second. You switched gears on me. Where are you going? This is, no, this is superior wisdom here. That's speaking right here. He's talking about the destructiveness of their activities. He's talking about how this thing ultimately ends because they desire something that is not good for them. And you notice that then he ends it like this. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. And what he's talking about here is the constant desire to want more and to want something that's not yours. First, that's the... One of the first big, big lessons that I had have to understand and learn in our culture is in order for me to maintain peace, you got to get a lower want. In order to maintain peace, I'm going to say it again, you got to lower your want. Because we live in a society that it is unlimited. And I tell you that because you need to know there is no limits in this country. And we're the only country that has that. You do not need to live a life unlimited. You don't need it. You don't need it. Unlimited leads to bad things. Phones weren't really an issue until they gave you unlimited data. <laughs> Truth. Phones weren't an issue until they gave you unlimited data. Phones weren't an issue until they gave you unlimited minutes. You remember back in the days? <laughs> Prepaid. The prepaid that I got Misty back when we were just kids, hers would actually use the minutes without using the phone. Man, I miss those days. <laughs> the, the, the things that have taken place, and so they use verbiage like that. Unlimited this, unlimited that. You get all you want. Unlimited buffets. Unlimited uh, over here, over there. Unlimited is no good for you. Have we not figured that out yet? It's not any good. And so what has to happen is, is that there has to be a staple put in by you. You and I have to be the one to draw the line and say, enough's enough. That's what we call being content. And that's what content looks like. I'm good. I don't need anything else. You can't maintain peace and happiness when you're in a constant desire of wanting more. Because it puts more on your plate. You bear the burden of always wanting more. And it is a burden. And it says right here, it says, so are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. And we're the first people. We are the first people to X ourselves off the list. I'm not greedy. How do you know? You've lived in a culture. You've lived in this culture your whole life. You've lived in unlimited your whole life. How would you know? Unless the Holy Spirit showed you. Unless wisdom spoke up and said, might be a good idea for you to be happy with where you're at especially walking into unpredictable times. I was looking at the, um, 
goodness, I can't remember the name of it. It's the, uh, it's the statistic that talks about how much money people are spending from year to year. They actually judge where they're going to set the interest rates and, and basically the outlook of everything is based on how much people are spending. Spending. How much money is coming out of your pocket and how much money is in circulation. And what they noticed was is that the spending had dropped. Like, what happened? Inflation. <laughs> Things begin to take place. People realize, I can't do that no more. I can't have that no more. I got to stop. And they noticed the trend. They were like, something's, something's going on in the markets. Something's odd is showing up and it doesn't really make sense. I'm telling you this because it might be a good idea and it might be wisdom to get a control of what goes on in your finances before financial hard times hit. Makes sense, doesn't it? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you something tangible tonight. I want to give you something that God has dealt with me about directly. Saying you need to get your house in order. You get all your stuff. You need to get, get all these things figured out. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You're right, God. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I have no idea. So he said, So all the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain, it takes away the life of its owners. What? Takes away the life? You had to give us a, a hard one like that? You couldn't lessen that severity? It said it takes the life. People who are greedy and constantly in motion for more, it just sucks the life right out of you. You might be alive, but you're actually dead. Does that make sense? All right. Wisdom calls aloud outside. Now, I want you to notice the way the, the, the verbiage changes in verse 20. And you'll notice this. It swings in a different direction. What it actually is doing here is that wisdom is speaking. It's the way verse 20. It's, it's like wisdom is speaking, like first person. And so you'll notice the, the verbiage in the way that it's put. It says, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief concourses. Op at the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? This is talking about ignorance. And we've always, you know, we always heard that being ignorant, that's a bad thing. That just simply means you don't know. But it's a great day when you can finally come to the conclusion that you're an ignorant person in certain areas of life. So I'm sorry, I'm just ignorant to that. I don't really know. What is the answer? And that should lead you to wisdom. I don't know, Lord, teach me. Show me. Put somebody in front of me to, to, un, to help me to understand this better so I can know what to do and how to do it. Okay. For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. For, listen to that. For scorners delight in their scorning. As people who, who, who are undergoing, they get, I just put it, they get themselves in trouble and they act like they like it. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with it. Scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. What is wisdom saying? He's saying, wisdom says, turn at my rebuke. When I say you're going the wrong way, listen. And I'm going to use that on, I'm going to give you two examples. I'm going to give you the direct power of the Holy Spirit speaking to you directly, telling you to avert, or somebody that God has put in your life telling you to avert. 
God's going to speak to you one way or the other. He'll, he'll, he'll do it. He'll speak to you. But my question to you, and I'm challenging you with this, is are you listening to what's being said? Are you, are you hearing what he's actually saying to you? He says, turn to my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make my words known to you. He's saying, I'm not going to hold nothing back from you. But you got to come looking for it. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. Ouch. I'm going to laugh at you. This is wisdom talking. So I'm going to laugh at you. Because you had a chance to get prepared, and I stuck my hand out, and I asked you if you wanted to know what I know, and you said no. Therefore, you can shake your own hand. You're the cause of it. He said, I, I, I could help you, but you didn't come looking for me. You thought you knew it all. You see how important wisdom is? You see how important it is to deliberately ask God for wisdom? God, show me your wisdom. Show me. Because here we are. In the, in the condition that we're in, and many people are living with many fears today with unanswered questions, I'm, I'm asking you, church, to go and ask God for wisdom in those things, in those areas that you're fearful about. God will give you direction. He'll say, right over here, this is what you need to do. And we can fix that. I'm talking about tangible things that can be fixed. I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then, will the, you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. Why? Well, you've only got a certain amount of time before you can operate in wisdom. Can we agree on that? Can we agree that all decisions have windows? All decisions have windows. And you've got a certain amount of time. And once you pass a certain point, yeah, you might have learned from, your, from that circumstance, but you did it the hard way. You didn't have to learn it that way. You could have averted the whole thing by just listening to wisdom. And she's saying it right here. She's saying, listen to what I'm saying. You could have, you could have got around that. Okay. Um, he said, then you will call on me and I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. And what did, what did we say at the very beginning? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He's saying, you didn't choose any of those things. You didn't choose to reverence me and hold me first. You didn't, you didn't hold me in high esteem and choose my knowledge over yours. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way. You'll eat the fruit of your own way. So... There are a lot of questions that need to be answered for you on a personal level. And I, I don't know what those are. Only you know. I know my personal struggles. I know the things that I have sought God for. I know the things that I have needed to do to get my house in order for the days that are ahead. Getting my house in order for the days that are ahead. There is a factor of wisdom that is involved in this approach. And so... You may say, you may be here uh, tonight and you may say, you know, I'm concerned about my finances. Ask God for wisdom. Tanner, I'm concerned about uh, the food situation. Ask God for wisdom. 
Tanner, I'm concerned about the wars and, and the things that are taking place. So ask God for wisdom. You see, it all comes down to that one place, that one thing. God, show me what I need to be doing. This is not the first time that economies have been in trouble. This is not the first time there have been wars. Yes, are the circumstances unique? Yeah, yeah, they're unique. But it's not the first wars that have ever taken place. God has navigated his people through many a hard time. Many a hard time. Now, yes, I'm with you. If the Lord comes tomorrow, I'll see you there. I'll see you there. But for the time being, and while we are here, use wisdom. Use wisdom. Carefully. Live skillfully with the things that God has given you. All right, let's finish. I'll close. You're eating the fruit of your own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. And what is that from? Wisdom. Wisdom says, you could, you could put it like this tonight. Wisdom says, I got you. I got you. It's okay. You made the right decisions, and you listened to me to avoid calamity. And I'm talking about across the board, church, or I hope you're understanding this. I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about uh, your finances. I'm talking about everything in your life that pertains to you. Wisdom across the board. Ask God, what do I do? What do I do? Let's stop struggling and let's stop fighting with it internally. And let's see what God says about it. Let's see how God says to, to prepare for the days that are coming. The things that could very well happen in the next 6 to 12 months. Maybe even less than that. Are you ready for that? Pastor, I think you asked that this morning. You ready for that? Your salvation intact? Do you know who you serve? You got that right? Do you got all the other things in your house in order? Are all those things ready? Because whether you like it or not, something's coming. Something's coming. Would you stand? Father, tonight we need your wisdom. Above all things, we need your knowledge. And I pray tonight, Father God, as, as we leave and depart this place, Father, I pray, God, that you deal with us individually, Lord. I pray, Father God, if there's, if there's things in our lives, Father, that we're struggling with and we're wondering about and we have fears about, Father, I pray that we bring these to your throne, Lord, and we submit them to you, Father, and we just ask for wisdom. Father, I pray that you would bestow upon us your knowledge. I pray, Father, tonight, Lord God, that we would listen to your Holy Spirit. Father, that we would listen to the people that you put around us, Father, for our own good and our own well-being, Lord, that we will listen to your instructions and not our own. Father, I pray tonight, Lord God, that we get the direction that we need and that we begin to draw closer to you. Father, I pray, God, give us a hunger and a thirst for more of you, Lord. Give us a hunger and a thirst, Father God, for, for getting closer to you and getting farther away from this world. Knowing, Father God, the things that are coming and knowing that the end is near, Lord God, that we love you more and more every day, Father, that we commit our lives wholly over to you. Father, thank you for this message tonight. Thank you for your word, Lord. It's only by your knowledge, God, that we survive. 
It's only by your wisdom that we can make it, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight.